It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Here's your host, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You get a shiver in the dark, it's raining in the park, but meantime. You know, folks, you can listen anywhere at 920thejersey.com. You just hit that listen live button. And, uh, you know, as we get started here today, one of the hottest conversations on the practice range at Springdale or anywhere is about getting fit for new equipment. Today's guest is going to help us all better understand the fitting phenomenon. He's a Golf Digest Top 100 Club Fitter and, above all else, appreciates a good song of the week. Coming in out of the rain to hear the jazz go down. Certainly, the master of moves, the expert of equipment, and he is here. Today, though, he is the Sultan of Swing. I love that groove right there. Good job on the board, Chandler, with the song of the week. That is the Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. And we have our guest online. His name is Kirk Oguri. Welcome to Springdale Golf Live. Kirk, how are you doing today? Kirk, are you there? I to talk to you and uh, share a little bit of info. Well, hey, you know, how'd you like that little uh, entrance there? You know, I, I know you're a big fan of music and uh, specifically guitar, so a little Mark Knopfler there Knopfler's for you. really good, right? So Mark Knopfler is an excellent guitar player. Uh, I like his stuff. I'm definitely a little bit more hard, right? I, li- I listen to a little bit harder metal or rock stuff, but I really appreciate the uh, the intro music. Thanks, Keith. Well, I was thinking of you for our song of the week. And, uh, you know, folks, <laughs> uh, we have Kirk here on the phone, and Kirk is an expert club fitter, you know, Golf Digest Top 100, 2016, Met PGA Teacher of the Year. This guy knows his stuff. And one of the things that's like a, a really big conversation piece in all of golf right now is that somebody goes to get a driver or they hear about all these different fitting people that are out there in golf whether they go to uh, stores or their green grass golf professional and you know I, what I wanted to do this week Kirk is have you on and talk about the fitting experience so let's just go right there to begin with I come to see you at Pete's golf shop what is a fitting like where does it all begin well the first thing that you're going to have is you're going to have a good time right so when you walk in what I try to do is provide just like a golf lesson. They're there because they want a little bit of help and they want to play a little bit better so that they can enjoy the game a little bit more, right, to have some more fun. So I'm going to try to create a nice atmosphere so that I can, I can just make them feel as comfortable as possible. And then once we kind of talk a little bit and there's going to be a little bit of question and answers going on, you know, I need to evaluate them a little bit on what their goals are, why they're there, right, because not everybody plays the game for the same reason. So that's how I start. You know, it's an eval. It's get to know them a little bit and get them to share a little bit of what they're expecting. Let, let's say, for example, I'm going to get fit for a driver. About how long does that take? Well, um, it depends on the person because typically when you go to a club fitting facility, usually it's booked on the hour. Um, with myself, what I actually do is I actually just schedule things by, by time. So it's not really by the product. So some golfers need an hour. I know some other golfers that are looking like, you know what, we want to get a little bit more uh, detail into it. They want to test a little bit more. So I'll actually do like two-hour sessions. 
So it depends on the individual. So in, in that out, let's say we're doing an hour and you're going to fit me for a set of irons. Am I going to hit a lot of golf balls? Do I need my old clubs? And then do you compare those to the new ones? Like kind of take me briefly through the process. So what I want to try to do is I want to break down some barriers that I think a lot of people, you know, you and I are both PGA professionals and more people should come get fittings. But I think a lot of times they don't because maybe they're a little bit you know, apprehensive about the process. I would agree with that. Um, it is very important to go back to the topic you just mentioned is you need to have your gamers because we need to fairly compare what you're playing with because the other thing is we know where you're coming from, right? We can look at your wear patterns of your clubs, uh, what your patterns are, how you swing your current ones, and then we have a much better idea as to which direction that we can go to try to help the golfer. And then in the end, if we hit clubs and we're testing things and all the newfangled stuff out there is not really measurably that much better, I'm very comfortable with maybe making a small tweak to their own equipment and just helping them play a little better. You know, folks, we're here on the line with expert club fitter Kirk Oguri. He works out of Pete's Golf Shop, which is out there on Long Island, and I'm happy to have him on the show today because I know this guy knows his stuff. And speaking of knowing your stuff, why is this all such a popular conversation right now? Do we know more because of social media and what players are putting out there, or the equipment companies? Are they evolving? Why is why is custom club fitting such on the forefront of everyone's lips? Uh, you know, on these practice ranges, whether it's the players or the golf channel or whatever, versus, let's say, five years ago? Well, you can look at it a couple of ways here, Keith. One is, um, let's say you're trying to get something, you're making an investment, you want to get your clubs. You want it sometimes to just be your clubs, right? So I know some people that just, hey, man, I want something that's made for me. You know, it's special. You're going to make the investment, and you want something that, you can't just go into the store and buy, right? So that's the unique part of that. Then there are other golfers that, you know, you're not going to go into a store and just buy nine and a half sneakers, are you, right? And just expect that that's going to fit everybody across the board. So people are seeing a little bit more positive results going and get different equipment and getting fit for it and seeing that, hey, golfers are actually doing a little bit better and they're actually improving the game. So uh, in the old days, I mean, if I throw it back, you know, 80 years ago, every club was custom made, wasn't it? You know, there was no mass production with anything. It was, hey, let's try to make this thing for you. Let's see if it works. And then you tweak it. You know, I never thought of that before, but you're totally right. That 80, 75, 80 years ago, that there, there weren't, you know, there wasn't a golf galaxy. You know, there, in no. the golf shops, all the pros were usually club makers, right? So they, they would have a, a player yeah. come in and they would build the clubs according to the player. So that's kind of cool how cyclical the whole process has become. And, you know, you touched on this a little bit. You know, it's also about getting better. Can getting fit for clubs, for the average Joe, um, a, a guy that feels like he fits into a size 10 shoe and wears like a 42 regular jacket. He feels like he's always in a medium. Does that person really need to come in at club fit? Does it make a difference? I can say yes and no. Um, yes, because the average skilled golfer that plays a game has less skill to actually compensate for poorly fit equipment. So if you have something that's a little bit too heavy, um, the length's wrong, the grip size is off, weighting's off, you know, the design of the club's not really helping them play the game, they're going to struggle a lot more than, let's say, you and I, we just pick up a set of stock clubs, whatever it is, right? We probably have a better chance after a couple of shots to, like, get around. But the 25 handicapper needs, actually, the fitting process even more because they don't have the ability to make up for something that's not right for them. And I don't think people look at it that way. 
You know, that, that's a very interesting perspective. And, and another thing that I was, as I'm thinking about this, as we go through this, you talked about getting shoes and, you know, a lot of runners, they will go out and they'll say, oh, they need to go to a specific store and get their foot fitted for the proper pair of sneakers that they're going to run in because they're, you know, they're, they're physically going to use them for pounding against, you know, the asphalt or the track that they're running on. So, you know, as you go, like, it seems like there's a lot of different industries that are going through this kind of like custom fitting evolution. Right. So what I want to do is I want to take you back in time just a little bit and I want to go to the younger self of you. And if you were going to give yourself some advice, so, so let's say 10 years ago, you were doing custom fits and you were going to, and you knew what you knew now, what would you tell yourself back then? Did you think you've learned in the last 10 years that would make a significant difference in the way you approach things? I if I were to look back, so let's say a letter to my young self, right? Something yes. like that. I think in the original stages, I always thought the shaft was everything, right? Everything. It's the engine. No, it's not really true. It's, it's the entire golf club. You know, it's everything from the weight of it, the profile of the shaft, sure, but the length, the, the grip size. Just it, because the reason why is when a golf club works for you, it's because it works in the dynamic motion. So when a golfer puts it in their hand and they move it, it's moving comfortably for the golfer. And I, I always look at now the overall swing and how it encompasses their game and to try to get the equipment to match their dynamic movement. That's, that's the best way I could put it. Instead of searching for that magical expensive shaft that's going to magically hit it, that 17-degree launch, remember that 1,700 spin, and all of a sudden you're going to hit the ball you know, a trillion miles. That's interesting. It's like you, year by year, you probably have come to this conclusion that in doing, you know, you've probably done thousands of club fits. So you sit there and you've learned over time that maybe it wasn't the shaft, it was the grip. And, and now you now you probably appreciate uh, the entire golf club and the entire set of clubs a lot more than, than other people. Would, would you consider that's the case? That, you know, for having 14 clubs in your bag, and fitting people for yeah. whether it be wedges, you must have a, like a really good appreciation for how much work each club does in the bag. Well, each club has a purpose, right? We've got 14 clubs we can carry in our bag. I wish we can carry 30 because I would play better golf because <laughs> I'd have a 70-degree wedge. I'd have a 7-degree driver. I'd have a 12-degree driver. I'd have seven woods, and, you know, I'd have 11 woods in my bag, everything. Um so what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide the 14 best clubs in that golfer's bag so that they can play their best. And what we also want is we want a congruency in the equipment. We want to, there to be a flow so that there's a flow in weight. Everything feels similar to each other the best we can. So the MOI, the moment of inertia of the golf club, it's what we feel when we swing. We want that to be as similar as possible for a full swing club so that you don't feel like there's an anomaly there where, oh, I know this club is really heavy, this one's really light, I can't hit that one, this field feels great. You know what, that's, you know, I know my listeners are tuning in here and they're really enjoying this conversation because it, it really, you really start to break down and appreciate why it's so important to go see an expert. And folks, we're on the line here with Coco Gurry and he works out at Pete's Golf Shop doing custom club fits out there in the middle of Long Island. And, you know, he's, he's near here. I mean, if you're down here in the Princeton area, you could certainly call him up and take a trip over there. There's plenty of golf courses to play. You go see him in the morning, go play golf with one of your friends or something out on Long Island. But you got to go talk to 
to this guy because he really knows. And there's a ton of people I know that have recommended you over the years. And one of the things I think about is that how did you get into this role? Because, you know, right now, being a Golf Digest top 100 fitter, you've become, you know, someone that people look up to in this genre of work in the golf marketplace. But you weren't there all the time. You know, where did you start? How did you fall in love with this? And, you know, maybe who were some mentors that helped you along the way? Yeah, that's um, I've always been um, with everything I did. I was always a, an equipment geek with everything. I mean, guitar, music, baseball. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. I loved gear and I loved tinkering. And I liked I always loved experimenting and trying stuff. So ever since I really started playing golf, I was always fascinated by it. And it really was, in the beginning, it was Pete's Golf Shop. I was a customer there um, when I was 17 years old. So I had my equipment done there, and I learned a lot from the staff there and got educated. You know, I'd, I'd break a couple clubs. They explained to me, you know, how to build things. So that's where it started. And then, Mom, I, I would say my mentor is Mr. Ono. He is a, a good friend of mine. He is probably the smartest equipment person that I've ever met. Um, and I used to go over his house almost every day and just build, test, build, try things, screw up like crazy. Day before a tournament between rounds, I'd change a shaft and try something because I just wanted to do it, fail. And then every time I failed, I learned, and that's where the experience came in. So it really is, I would say, Keith, the most valuable thing that I learned was how to build. And when I learned how to build, I know and I learned what I can and cannot do and how what I can and cannot fit to also. Well, I tell you, I love that story. That was really good. But we're going to create our own little story here right now. One of the traditions I love to do here on the show is I like to get to know my guests, maybe a little bit outside the box here, and do a little rapid-fire Q&A and have some fun. Now, we've talked some serious <laughs> stuff. We've talked tech world, gear, touched on a little bit of music. But um, if you're game for it, I'm going to hit you with a couple rapid-fire Q&A questions. And I know you're a great guy, so I bet you're up for this. Shoot, go ahead. Fire away. All right, who wins at Port Rush next week? Uh, Rory. Favorite Mets player of all time? Oh, wow. Um, favorite right. All right. If you could come back as one. safe one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I didn't know where you'd go there. You know, I know you're a huge Mets fan, so I'd, I figured you'd have some fun with that. All right, if you could come back as one cartoon character from, your, from when you were a kid, uh, who would it be? Jerry, Tom and Jerry. All right, title of the last book you read? Um, Dr. Joseph, Joseph Parent's book. Uh, what was that? Uh, the guy. Crap. I can't remember the name of the book, but I read it. All right. Artist you would most like... <laughs> well, what can I say to that? All right. Uh, artist you would most like to play guitar with? Oh, Guthrie Govan. Would you like to see Tiger break Jack's major record? Hell yeah. What sport do you like to watch the most? Baseball. Most important full swing fitting device you use daily? Uh, me. Craft beer, yes or no? No. When you hear the word musician, who is the first person who comes to mind? Guthrie Govan. He right. is out of this world guitar player. 
Well, I'm going to look him up after this show. I don't know of him, oh, but yeah. uh, it's wild. Oh yeah, he might be a future song of the week. Well, I tell you what, Kirk O'Gurry, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know my listeners really appreciate your expertise. Uh, hope you're doing well out there at Pete's, and I'm sure our paths will cross soon. You got it, my friend. Thanks so much for letting me be on the show. Hey, Kirk, I really appreciate it, and all the information was spot on. Just awesome. Appreciate your storytelling. Thanks. You got it. All right, folks. There they are, Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing, and, and certainly Kirk O'Gurry is, is one of those Sultans of Swing. There's no doubt about it. Great player and uh, even better expert in golf. It's 3.15 p.m. here in Princeton. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920 of the Jersey. Back after this. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf with a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs. The NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Springdale Golf Club members have been enjoying a club that's been a part of the Princeton community for nearly 120 years with the best golf and social experience in our region. But did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's historical significance, William Flynn design with challenging greens, blended with a dedicated team of associates now combined with Troon's operational expertise are taking the club to the next level in commitment to the member experience. Just announced is a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about the club and all of the amazing fun things we have planned for 2019, please take a moment and visit our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash or call 855-255-1265. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to golf, Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. There it is. One of my favorite bands of my uh, younger years, high school and college days, uh, Even Flow by Pearl Jam. And I, and I put that in as kind of a play on words to have some fun because uh, Project X, which is a golf company that makes shafts, they have a shaft called Even Flow. And uh, I just threw that in there. Plus, I know that our guest from the first half, Kirk Gurry, um, he, he is a bit of a hard rocker. Um, I went with you know a little bit of Sultan's Swing, play on words there. And then uh, you know I threw in some harder rock guitar for the second half for him and and i know that he's probably still listening and he'll appreciate that so uh kirk great interview in the first half uh we learned so much there you know what and it's it's so great to talk to somebody who's such an expert in what they do in such a practical manner and and i don't mean that in like a book sense but he's giving fittings actively 
all day, every day, from great players to average players to beginner players. And he's helping everyone along the way. And every time I get in a conversation with him, I just feel like my game gets better and and he hasn't even fit me for a shaft. It's just the knowledge that he always gives me and the presence that he has. And one of the reasons I wanted to have him on is that I love his conviction. I love the idea that when you're going for a fitting and there's like the option of having like six million different club combinations when you're with him of maybe even just the drive. And you sit down with Kirk, and he does such a good job of making a decision. And as golfers, we all know that confidence is just something we desperately need all the time. We have it on the range, and then taking it to the golf course can be extremely difficult. So when when you're with Kirk, and he's helping you make a decision on what golf clubs to, to use and to build, he has such great conviction. And if you follow him, on social media, he is extremely entertaining, and he is one talented golfer and one talented guitarist. So you're going to see a lot of music on there, too. But he's the Golf Ninja. You can see him on Instagram, or you can see him on Twitter. And uh, he, he's just a fantastic guy. So I, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed that in the first half. And you know, one of the things that's interesting about him, and you know, he calls himself the Golf Ninja. And the, you know, the term ninja kind of implies somewhat of a superhero uh, connotation. And you know, I've been paying attention to a lot of this kind of crossover marketing that the golf world is entering into these days. And I touched upon this uh, about a month ago when we were leading up to the U.S. Open. And the USGA uh, wrote uh, put together a curriculum for junior golfers with the help of Iron Man and Captain America and Marvel's Avengers. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get this new next generation audience, like my kids that are 9 and 11, that just live for all of these Marvel movies that come out nowadays. Like we, we had to see Spider-Man last week and Peter Parker, such a great character, and Stan Lee and all that he wrote. And then there was Avengers Endgame last month. But the USGA, with all their glory and their navy blazers and their you know jacket crests and everything, they are in, you know getting the help of... You know, Captain America. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. And it just kind of makes me think about like what's going on in the pop culture of golf that you have somebody like an institution like the USGA going after Marvel superheroes and using them. So the storyline is that Iron Man and the present Avengers teach golf and the rules of the game and the etiquette to a next generation Avenger, which I think is kind of a pretty cool storyline, you know. What do you think about that, Chandler? Who who's your who's your favorite Avenger? Uh, or Marvel superhero? I would have to say Captain America. Captain America. All right. Well, you know what? I'm glad you brought him up because Captain America, I mean, along these lines, and it's not just golf and the US, USGA that's doing this, but even tonight it, over at Yankee Stadium, it's Marvel bobblehead night, and they're going to have a Mariano Rivera themed bobblehead dressed like Captain America. So it's not just it's not just the USGA doing this. It's all sorts of sports using these superheroes that are just uber popular right now and they're bringing them into their arena and they're making it tons of fun for this next generation audience because because you know the Yankees themselves in first place six and a half games ahead in the AL East aren't enough of an attraction. We need to have Mo Rivera in a bobblehead in order to get the kids to come out dressed like Captain America. And, you know, after all, Captain America was from Queens, so he's maybe more of a Mets than a Yankees fan. But in any chance, you know, I think it's just pretty cool. And the idea that the USGA did that as well is really neat. And what it does, in my opinion, is that it brings about 
like a lot more engagement from this younger audience. So you have your PGA Junior League, you have all sorts of junior golf programs. Like we have junior camp going on at the club right now at Springdale. So a little tower talk. You got Nick Gorman and our teaching professional Jason Barry, who's you know one of Golf Digest top teachers, top young teachers for the year. And these guys are out taking kids out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all day long, doing junior golf camps, doing all sorts of fun games. I know I po- we're going to post a video in the tower this week about them playing pizza party with Operation 36. And we just they just love having so much fun. But, you know, part of the conversations when you're sitting there with the kids are going to be about Fortnite and Marvel and Peter Parker and all of these different things. And it's, it's kind of neat that these sports industries and marketplaces are embracing this kind of crossover audience. And I, and I think it makes a big impact. You know, one of the things I, I think he could almost be his own like Marvel Avenger. And that's this new winner on tour. That's Matt Wolf. You know, we can call him the Wolf Man or something along those lines. Maybe Chandler, you'll come up with something catchier by the end of the show here. But what I mean is that these young guys, there was a young duel this past Sunday out at the 3M Open there in Minnesota. And Matt Wolf came out on top, and you know the guys are making eagles on the last hole to win the thing. And Matt Wolf's got a little bit of an unorthodox swing, but he comes across to me almost like an Avenger, like a superhero, like he was enlisted by the USGA. And I love this guy. And, and now he becomes the twelfth, right? One, two, the twelfth young first-time winner on tour this year. And there have been all sorts of guys like long-hitting Cameron Champ. We've had Sung Kang. We've had Monday qualifier Corey Connors. uh, Patrick Cantley, who everyone thought was going to win, but then he wins the Memorial. And now we have Matt Wolf. And Matt Wolf was just tearing up college. I mean, I think he won five tournaments in a row this past fall because he was in college playing for Oklahoma State. And now he's out as the Wolf Man the new Avenger of the PGA Tour, just slaying down opponents. And, uh, you know, you got to watch. I bet there was a full moon on Sunday. Chandler, look that, look that up on Google. Was there a full moon last Sunday? Because the Wolfman came out, and he took down, certainly, the PGA Tour in what is probably the most exciting finish for the whole season so far in a regular season um, a PGA Tour event, you know. So I, I think at the end of the day, uh, I can't wait to see what the Wolfman and those other 11 first-time young winners uh, do on the PGA Tour and, and, and the inspiration they get because sports is spending a little time in this crossover universe, like what I did there, Marvel Universe. Avengers, yes, no, did you get, yeah? Very funny. All right, thank very funny. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, you're on your game today, Chandler, and you did a great job on the board uh, opening up with Dire Straits and then one of my personal favorites, Pearl Jam, for certain, in the second half. And speaking of one of my personal favorites, one of my favorite things to do all year in golf, and I talked about this last year, this specific week, but one of my favorite things to do in the world is when we get to the British Open and the Open Championship, because it starts so early in the morning. It starts at 2 a.m. on Thursday morning, and I, I, I'll text you, Chandler, and I'll make sure you're up to watch, but I don't get up quite at 2, but I get pretty geared up for this one because the texture of the land is different and the players are wearing sweaters and everything, but I hope everyone like me gets psyched up for this totally 
totally different golf experience. And they're going to have some fun come Thursday and Friday morning. I set the alarm early. It's real quiet in the house. The dog's not even up yet. And I kind of creep downstairs. It's still dark. And I turn it on and I get like Mike Tirico's voice. And he's like, welcome to Royal Port Rush here in Northern Ireland. And, you know, it's just you just really get into the moment of it. And I'm sitting in the dark and I'm really getting appreciation for this open championship. And it's going to be really cool because it hasn't been played in Northern Ireland or at Royal Port Rush in 68 years. So I'm really excited to see and learn more about this. And we're going to talk a ton about Royal Port Rush next week on, on next week's show. But a couple things to look out for if you're, if you're going into your pools. They have not played this course in the rotation before. So it's really important that when you're selecting your fantasy players, you go with some hometown cooking. Graham McDowell, number one guy there, grew up there, played there. At 16 years old, Rory McIlroy shot the course record there, 61. No one ever thought the 64 could ever be beaten. Rory goes in at 16 years old. And he's going to have a lot of pressure on himself this week being a hometown boy and a top five player in the world. But he's a pick. And here's your sleeper. All right. My man, Ricky Elliott. Love my man, Ricky Elliott. He's the caddy on the bag for Brooks Kepka. Well, Ricky worked at Lake Nona when I worked at Isleworth back in the day. And Ricky's from Port Rush. He's probably played that golf course a thousand times. And he is on the major master's bag. That's Brooks Kepka. So there's three picks right there. Get yourself on DraftKings or wherever else and make yourself some money. I'm going to do the same. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I'm getting the high sign here for uh, just a little bit of time left. And again, I'd like to thank Kirk Gurry for coming on. And, you know, as always, before I send you over to Doug Gottlieb for the rest of the afternoon, I like to thank our friends, supporters, and sponsors. You know, there's Troon Golf Management, there's the Board of Governors over at Springdale Golf Club, certainly the New Jersey Golf Foundation, their three pillars and all they do to grow the game here in Central, in all of New Jersey. Summit Golf Brands and their, and their specific lines of B Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, and EP New York. And my belt man, Jimmy, I'll give you a picture of the uh, forest green one that I'm sporting today to go with this sharp shirt from Fairway uh, from F.H. Wadsworth. You know, my producer Chandler, she's on the board now. So, folks, hit her up on social media. Let's have some fun. And uh, most importantly, I'd like to thank my listeners. You know what, folks? I'm heading back to Springdale. But where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Jersey to the John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale Day. You've been listening to Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the tee next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.